Welcome everyone to another episode of the B2B Startup Sales Podcast. My name is Patrick and I'm very happy to welcome another guest, Sasha Savic, the Chief Sales Officer of Cobrainer. Sasha, I'm really happy to have you here today. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks for having me here. Hello, everyone. Thank you. I'm excited about the discussion. Um, so let's dive right in, Sasha. First of all, as most of the time, one of my first questions, um, how you got into sales initially, because sales is not the best image in Europe. And I wonder how you made that step. Isn't, isn't it? Okay. It's not, you said it's not the best, it's not the best image. So uh, what was my motivation uh, um, long, long, long ago? So my motivation was I wanted to earn money. To be very honest with you, that was my highest, my highest intention and my highest motivation. Um, so after uh, finishing school, uh, of course, I decided to go to university. And uh, but I wanted to 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 study something which is bringing me money. So I was very early uh, at very uh, early stage. I was uh, money and result driven. And mm -hmm. people told me, Sasha, you should go into a consultancy. You should you should become a consultant. <clears throat> and I said, okay, well, that sounds interesting. So I, I decided to study economics. And uh, while I was studying, I thought, oh my goodness, I'll never be a good consultant. Uh, they are they need to be very smart and intelligent. And all I can is just talk. Huh? So so I I decided to look to look around, and I'm kidding. So. <laughs> I uh, during during my uh, during my university time, I used to used to work for Xerox, which is a, a U.S. company, and they they are saying they kind of created and built sales from the scratch. So they were the first company in the in the U.S. Um, uh, creating this new role as a sales manager or key account manager, however you want to call it. And uh, and I got into that into into one of their departments. Um, collaborating with Volkswagen in those times. And I was really wondering about how people keep on talking, how they are working on a kind of, you know, they're, they're saying A, but sometimes they mean B. And that was so interesting. So I identified some kind of sales triggers and sales strategy. And I thought, well, that's, that's cool. And that was really, you know, interesting me. And that's why I decided uh, one day I finished uh, my entire school and university part, I'll become a salesman. I like the story. I mean, Xerox is is the source of a lot of great salespeople, isn't it? They had a very thorough uh, training program. Was that what you experienced as well? Uh, unfortunately, I didn't. So I finished university, and uh, I was just working as a as a as a um, as a student there. Uh, but uh, I think they they shared a lot of stuff with me, and I think that I got a really deep dive. Um, because in those times, the manager, he really liked me and he said, Sasha, uh, you're kind of, a, we say always a kind of a diamond, but you still need some education and some training, but you have really good skills to become a good sales, uh, salesman. And uh, that's why maybe he shared more stuff with me than uh, originally planned. And uh, I really, I remember there was, there was a project regarding the Volkswagen Touareg, so their SUV. Mm -hmm. and um, working on the handbook so in, in former times it was almost a kind of the size of a bible uh the handbook and nobody did really read it 
And, uh, and so Xerox intention was to digitalize it and to customize per market, uh, per, per language, et cetera. And, uh, and he, he said, well, there's a smaller group around the CEO. Uh, would you love to present the idea? So he really, I mean, it was one of the biggest uh, Xerox projects in those times, but he, he gave me some smaller parts and really responsibility and accountability for that project. What was really not usual in those times, right? But as said, he, he kind of beca became my mentor. He just wanted to support me. That was really, I'm really thankful for this because that brought me, you know, that was a kind of setting the stage and uh, for, for me to say, yes, that's going to be my job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as a salesman at the beginning of your career, um, what did you like the most? Uh, where did you think, hey, that I'm really good at this? I love to convince people. So that was really my, my the most, the, the, the most lovely, the loveliest part that uh, in, in the sales cycle. So I really love success. And uh, so for becoming successful and, and, and earning, uh, you know, uh, these results, you need to convince people that what you are selling is the right one, right? So, and I love challenges. So um, there is a German sales leader, he's saying uh, after the client or the prospect, after the prospect is saying no, from there, the sales training just starts, right? Because if, if somebody would immediately say, yes, Patrick, I, I'll buy it. That's really cool then that, that was not a really challenging sales cycle and sales process, right? So, so really convincing people and argumenting, uh, so um, yeah, negotiating is really the, the part that I love most. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. When you say, um, did you have a few of these stories like where people said, no, Sasha, we don't buy, and you, you managed to turn it around, what comes to mind? Oh, of course, of course, I did a lot, right? So, I mean, I started my career in the telecommunication uh, sector and uh, that was already, the market was already already set, right? So every every single B2B uh, company that I, that I was approaching, they already had, of course, a partner for telecommunication. So, of course, their first answer was, no, thank you. We already, we are, we are well set and there is no need for checking anything. So mm -hmm. it was always, while I was doing, um, my cold calls, of course, um, the, the first answer was always no. I can't remember even one client or prospect who was saying, yes, of course. Uh, oh, wow. It was exactly the perfect time. Thanks for calling me, Sasha. So it was rather the opposite. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, definitely, definitely. So always you need to work on these, uh, uh, while, while before preparing the needs assessment, you need to jump over, over these first hurdles. Yeah. So what did you what did you answer? Like when somebody says, no, 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 I've no, I've no time. How did you go about that? <clears throat> well, I think I answered at the beginning of my career, I answered like uh, like like all trainers or most of the trainers, they prepare you, right? So saying, Oh Patrick, uh, of course I expected this answer for sure. Um, so I tried to, you know, to show you, hey, that's good that you're saying no. Uh, but let me explain what I'm into. Sometimes I said, well, you even don't know what I'm talking about or what I want to present. So maybe, uh, first of all, listen to what I'm bringing you. And afterwards, you can, you know, you can, you can decide yes or no. Um, and sometimes I change or afterwards I change my intro, right? So that, that, uh, so you're changing the questions. You're not opening uh, your cold call by asking for, uh, Hi, Patrick, are you interested in telecommunication? And of course, I'll never ask with closed questions. 
mm-hmm. so I, I was also changing the intro, right? So um, that that helped me also a lot. Some other aspects that are very important that you need to be able to excel in sales when you want to convince. What what is important when you con- try to convince people? I think you need to act self-confident and authentic. I think this is this is really important that you really stand behind what you are talking. So walk the talk and uh, and but 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 also um, you know uh, in a very authentic way. So this is this is I think the most challenging part. Whenever I'm um, I'm, I'm, I'm asking a trainer to train my own team. Uh, so in preparation, I'm always telling my own team members: be yourself. Don't take everything away out of a training, right? Take maximally three parts you want to change from tomorrow on, but do it do it your very own way and do it your own style. And um, so this is, I think, most important that you are very authentic. Otherwise, uh, your conversation partner will immediately identify this. And so, and then then you are um, uh, then your your uh, um, attractiveness is decreasing, and uh, the entire uh, we can also call it the honesty is is a little bit gone because people know you're playing a role and you're not you're not yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, I understand. So first of all, you need to be convinced of your product. You need to, to be convinced that it has value for the customer. Um, with the authentic, authenticity, I'm usually, because what you assume, I guess, when you say you have to be authentic is that you hired the right people. You know, so those people you you hired, they should be authentic. Let's imagine I, I can, <laughs> if I take an extreme example, uh, to a psychopath, for instance, you would never say, "Please be authentic," because that's probably not great. Yeah, no, that's self-speaking. Yeah? So I'll, I, I hope. Uh, so I know I didn't, and I hope I won't ever uh, hire such a person uh, because it would be it would be just in the in the wrong role. Right. So uh, therefore, yeah, when I say authentic, uh, I, I mean, you know, all of us, all of us great salespeople, we have like good um, characters and skills for sales and uh, something brought us to that job. And, and our skills, this is what I mean regarding those positive skills, show them authentically, show them in a very own way. Don't 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 try to copy Sasha because Sasha is unique and I, I won't be ever able to copy Patrick. Uh, even I would love to be as successful as you are, but I can't copy you. I can learn a lot from you, right? So, and I, I really need to tr- translate into my very own language, into my very own style. And this is what I mean, right? So it's rather uh, to bring it in, in balance with your own personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's really interesting. I mean, in general, you know, what do you copy exactly? Because you, as you said, you want to learn from the best people. You kind of want to how they say things at a cold call, what their intro is, and and maybe copy that or or not. So it's it's sometimes very difficult to to find this balance that you know you just take something from someone and say it exactly the same way. I think it's really, and that's really hard from the outside to judge. Well, well, it depends. But I guess really, if you're own, if you're authentic, the person herself or himself really can feel if if you're feeling in line with your values, with what you do, and and how you do things. I, 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 I yeah, I fully agree. I fully agree. So another example, 
in my current role. So we are training every single week. We are doing a sales pitch training, right? Just to to train how to pitch, how to present this uh, innovative product. Uh, what is what is the pro? What's the benefit? What is the you know? Uh, what is what is the entire positive argumentation behind? Uh, we all used to call that elevator pitch, right? Uh, so in a, in, a, in a short way, and sometimes um, my people say uh, because what I love about good sales leaders is, by the way, is this hands-on. So I love to show how it works and not only to tell people how it works. So uh, then I also, of course, jump into that role and try to pitch and to sell our service. And um, and people say we should have filmed that. And I said, okay, what would you what would you have done with this, right? So what is the intention behind? Well, I would say it exactly the same way. And I said, don't do that, right? So let's rather work out these and 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 you know pick up pick out these bullet points, write it in a kind of as in, in, in a bullet point style, and then repeat and try to train in your own way. I think this is for me. This is this is really crucial. Yeah, no, that's yeah, very good point indeed. And I like the topic pitching, uh, Sasha. So when it comes to pitching, what what does a what makes a, a really good pitch a good pitch? Very good question. What's a good pitch? I think um, so. What you should try to avoid. Let's. I, I'll start that uh, that way mm -hmm. to answer the question. What you what you what you should avoid from my perspective is to do, of course, a product presentation. This is what a lot of people do at the beginning right so they describe the product what they're doing and they describe how they're doing and uh, i think this is not part of the pitch right so the pitch should of course describe shortly um in what in what area you are into so what you're dealing with but don't do a product presentation rather show in a nutshell the benefits uh, and the you know what's in for the customer right uh, I think this is this is really a good pitch, uh, as you are as you are just teasering at the beginning, right? It should be only a teaser, so uh, and to 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 open the interest on the on the prospect side, mm -hmm. and uh, and afterwards you'll uh, once you're succeeding and once you are you know um, you the 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 uh, conversation partners interested into what you are what you are pitching on, you'll get enough time to show your product and to do your presentation and you know. Then, then I think there is there is time left for it. Uh, so you should rather really concentrate on what what's in for the client, but only in a nutshell, and don't do a you know uh, an, an hour monologue or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Do you use a sales a slide deck for for the pitches, or do you usually prefer demos or how? how, how about well, it depends on, right? So uh, it depends on how much time we have. I rather love uh, in our current um, environment, I prefer the demo because I think this is something uh, where uh, I want to just underline together with the team that that we walk the talk, that there is nothing that we are hiding, right? So I could show, I always say, uh, I could show you tons of slides, but I'd rather show you that it's really true what I'm telling you and you see you know, in German, we are, we say kind of uh, doing the surgery on the open heart, right? So it's really directly. So I'll show you uh, what's inside, and you're not looking, uh, you know, just on just on uh, uh, on a, on a slide presentation. Um, once we have a little bit more time, I love to also, of course, uh, bring a little bit of light into who's co-brainer, what is co-brainer, or the you know 
uh, uh, regardless of what company, but to just show a little bit uh, more background information about the company itself and then diving into, into the demo. So um, in the current role, I prefer uh, a mix of it, or if I if I would have you know need to 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 choose, then I go for the demo. In the past, there was no. So when I have a look on my on my previous um, um, uh, uh, employers, then there was there was no there was no demo, right? So I, the only uh, thing I had uh, was was a presentation, so slides. Uh, sometimes I used to work for American Express, for instance. So uh, I had a plastic card, so that's what I could what I could show, right? So and, and hopefully uh, just to give them a kind of look and feel. But yeah, there was no demo. Mm -hmm. Was there a certain structure they had then with with the slide deck? You know, some you start with let's say the situation, then the the problem, and then solution. That's one common um, structure I see. There are different. There are other structures um, available. Did, what structure did they use, or did you use? Uh, so uh, we used in those times, kind of. Uh, of course, first you have this uh, introduction slide, so everybody's introducing themselves. Then we have we're showing the agenda, uh, and we always used to start uh, with um, some some background information. I mean, MX is is no startup, of course, so they have a long, long history um of uh, uh um, yeah almost 200 years so of course you're showing where they come from how they started the business uh and how how did it grow how did it expand to you know from the us uh to to other markets and continents and uh so giving you know just giving them the timeline the history and the timeline of, of and progression of of, of of the company itself and then we immediately started more or less to jump into the needs assessment right so we then we switched the other way around and asked a lot of questions to the to the company and and the, to the prospects mm -hmm. uh, about their about the environment how they're set up what's their landscape what their partner uh it's definitely a, a red ocean so which means there it's also a, a set market so there's no one um who you know doesn't have any any uh, uh, B2B payment terms in place, of course. Uh, mm -hmm. So you always ask who is the who is the incumbent, who is the partner they're working with, uh, what are the other partners that which are part of the network and part of the chain, and uh, and afterwards we got the, this information. We you know in the in the first deployment we're just saying like okay we just give you a broad overview about how MX is working, but of course we need to uh, you know. Um, include all this information that we got just now out of the out of the meeting uh to you know to to then present the offer which is of course very customized and unique to the company mm -hmm. when did you decide to go to to go from an individual contributor uh, to become a manager sales manager <clears throat> Uh, to be honest with you, very early. So I decided very early, but they didn't give me the chance immediately, right? So that was that's another story. But I decided very early, and how I really love to after. So I I started my first touch point was uh, as I said, telecommunication industry. So I started my career at Vodafone, and uh, as a, as a trainee, and uh, as a trainee, you you are combined with all the other new starters. Uh, but uh, who are no trainees, rather well-experienced people coming from uh, other competitors or other sales companies, and um, and so you have the uh, the sales kickoff, right? It's a kind of a training. It's a combination. You're doing two weeks in those times. No clue if they still do. 
uh, in those times you do two weeks of um, of training. So uh, uh, regarding staff and tariffs, structure, uh, a pricing model, yada yada yada. And uh, so you're learning about the product and the pricing itself. And the the second part of the training, so the, the uh, it's also um, uh, consisting of two weeks. Uh, you're doing really going into sales. So you're running out. Uh, you're doing cold calls, cold visits, uh, knocking on people's door, just saying, hey, it's me, I'm from Vodafone, and uh, I have something great for you. And as learned uh, a few minutes ago, the, the answer is always no. And um, so and it's, it was a kind of a, of a competition, right? And what I loved about that, uh, I think as, as I, I had no sales experience previously, and I think this was really helping me uh that i was one of the best at the end of the competition and i was as i said i was competing a, a, against uh uh experienced safe people right so mm -hmm. i came back and they more or less said you get a kind of city where you will work on so you'll not only do shadowing and co-visiting uh will will give you the chance because you're really talented and you should try it yourself so they didn't immediately stop my trainee program, but they switched it a kind of, um, I think you were ahead of it. You can already uh, try yourself out and of course uh, uh, bring, bring business for Vodafone. And I became quicker a sales person and a sales manager at that company than originally planned. And what I loved about afterwards, just to answer your question is, we always used to have new starters and I love to take them to coach them, to mentor them, to go with them. Because uh, I thought I was so thankful for all these people that were supporting me. So now I need to give back, right? And as I was really quite successful from the, from the beginning on, um, my, my, my sales leader was also backing me and saying, you're doing a lot of stuff correctly. So of course, if you wanna you know, go the extra mile and do it on top of your business and really coach the other people, yeah, yeah, of course, I, I, I won't stop you, right? And these were the first indi indicators where I recognized I love to train others, I love to support others, I love to work in a team. And um, so I think after one and a half years, I decided already, uh, okay, my career one day will not go into this key account management or you know other uh, dedicated special account management or key account management roles. It, it should rather go into the uh, into leadership. Yeah, cool. Are there any um, favorite techniques of yours that you used as a salesman and you, when you coached others, you said, hey, that's, that's the one thing, very small, very small thing that can help you maybe be more successful with this cold call, um, get numbers for cold calls, get this or that. Is there, do you have like some favorite technique that you always taught others? Well, I think regarding cold calls, it's just, you know, it's w w once you're working with SMEs, so you have tons, tons, tons of prospects, right? It's rather about numbers, right? So uh, the, 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 the message behind uh, don't take it personally, right? People, they don't blocking you, uh, Patrick, or you, Sasha. It's about, you know, maybe wrong timing, wrong ever. Um, keep on smiling, use a mirror. I think all these, you know, all this stuff that I think all of us heard uh, um, a dozen of times. Um, so there's one thing that helped me in my career um, because I learned we had an exercise saying when I still was an individual contributor, they said, try that the prospect 
is really kicking you out of the office. So try to be, but not 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 unpolite, right? So you still need to be respectful, mm -hmm. but uh, try to put the person so much under pressure that you think, and now they're going to kick me out, right? And the exercise was so important to me because it didn't happen. No one threw, no one threw me out of the office, and nobody said, "Okay, leave it now immediately." You are, you are uh, too. You're, you're putting me. You're putting too much pressure on me. Um, this is disrespectful. Because as I said, uh, you still need to be respectful, but don't give up. This never give up mentality, right? So really, like, uh, no, come on, Patrick, think one more time about it, right? So I really have the best product. Look, you just said once I'm bringing you ABC and now abroad, so you're you're not walking the top. So let's do the business now. And so really, you know, this don't give up uh, stuff. And this is what I used to ask my people as well, right? So if you think that you're putting too much pressure on your client, then just just try one exercise. Yeah, try that much that you believe this will never ever gonna work. Uh, so they'll you know ask me to to leave, and uh, it never happened. It never happened. Nobody did ever say and now go out. N never ever. <laughs> I like that technique. Never heard, never heard about that. So uh, definitely <laughs> learned also something. Um, and so you put kind of when you say put pressure uh, on them. It was mostly after they were after you went you were through your stuff and they said, Ah, no, I have to uh, think about or I have to um, whatever. Um, you said, hey, no, what? Uh, you, you really try to get to, to, to close the deal at the meeting, basically. Uh, so, yes, uh, I mean, in those times, this, this was not like like uh, project stuffing or, or any, any bigger projects. It was easy selling SIM cards. So that's a quick win, right? Mm -hmm. um, so with MX, that would be uh, in those times, that would be, of course, impossible because the sales cycle is much, much longer. You're never going to go out in the first meeting and get the deal. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, also in my in my current environment, it's 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 rather rare that somebody is really signing at the first meeting. Uh, however, um, yes, in, but 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 working with SMEs uh, as in, in the SME sector, uh, so small and medium enterprises, of course, in most times you're talking to the to the boss, to the owner, to the founder, to whatever, and if, you know, consisting of I don't know, 10, 12, 15, whatever people. You get the, the decision immediately. Rather, you know, go or no go. And in those, in the in these meetings, yes, this was the the really the uh, yeah. the exercise. Hey, try not to give up. Try to convince. Try to convince. Try to convince. Yeah, and so I understand you correctly. When there are more decision makers, uh, it's also you you wouldn't do that. Like in the meeting with one person, <laughs> you know, he can't or she can't decide alone anyway. So, to what actions would it translate then? Oh, uh, I think I think when it comes to more shareholders or to more uh, stakeholders, you know, decision makers uh, in a certain company, uh, then of course you should do the opposite, right? So never put those people under pressure. Uh, you need to bring them um, becoming fans of yourself. They need to promote you and your 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 product uh, internally. And uh, I always I used to say these are my internal team members without paying them, right? So this is this is the this is the target. Um, and there, of course, you always need to have the big picture, right? So mm -hmm. it's not the one shot, uh, one goal. It's rather, yeah, as said, so you need to prepare stuff. Uh, you need to, um, 
um, how you say when you have these uh, jonglieren uh, in English. Uh, so when you're throwing a lot of you know balls in the in the air, uh, it's it's quite it's 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 rather the opposite, right? So there, as said, you need to do relationship uh, building, networking, and uh, not putting those people under pressure. But there's also uh, at the you know so once your sales cycle is over the over average if there are no good reasons for it then of course you can rather focus and concentrate on the end phase so on closing the deal so it doesn't say that you're not allowed as a salesman also um, working with large companies uh not putting them under pressure of course there there might become a, a certain uh time where you say okay patrick uh, so let's let's recap again we did mm -hmm, mm -hmm, abc and uh, we did a lot of stuff you were asking for, and also your other, your, you know, your other peers. Um, so we fulfilled everything. We fixed all the parts. What is blocking us now from signing the contract, right? Mm -hmm. So I think you also need to close the deal. It's not saying that you always need to say yes, yes, of course, oh, okay, and mm -hmm. I, I, I don't, you know, I don't act. It's rather also the, 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 the opposite. Yeah, especially I think in the end of the at the end of the sales cycle when you know, okay, the decision is is made and then you probably need to push them through those three months of uh, procurement and legal stuff that is usually very slow when nobody's pressuring them you just land at the bottom of the pile of the document pile of the legal person and uh, it just takes three weeks until that person looks at the contract and then there and back and i think yeah it, within those three months you there needs to be a little bit of push. Also, I think you're right with the, also to be assertive, you know, when it comes to next steps, for instance, we always, always, when there, it makes sense for the customer and for us, we always fix next steps in the calendar. We make, we book a meeting in the meeting. There's no way you get out of the meeting and have no follow-up meeting plan. And you have to be a little bit assertive with the people there. You have to give them a reason, guys, if we are not, you know, what would happen normally is I, I will send you emails and you will send emails back. We can get rid of that by just scheduling a follow-up call and you, you give us the feedback then. So you know that that's your deadline until you can do it. It also helps you. So let's let's just do it. That's something I think is important to be assertive and, and pressure on, on that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so now, Sasha, as Chief Sales Officer Cobrainer, how is your team structured? Um, so the team structures we are we are uh, you know making use of uh, uh, of course of, of, of usual uh, account executives who are facing the the prospect. Uh, we have uh, BDRs, uh, so business development representatives who are uh, preparing these appointments. You know, um, collecting all the information uh, which uh, the AE is uh, is needing. And uh, we have technical consultants slash pre-sales uh, consultants who are. Of course, uh, you know, uh, supporting the AE in technical stuff um, and mm -hmm. questions. Um, and we have a customer success manager who are typically onboarding the client, you know, and afterwards doing uh, some, some, some kind of service level. Uh, and last but not least, we're also, um, we're also uh, working with partners. So therefore, we have a partnership department uh, or partnership team. Uh, who are who are collaborating and working with these uh, potential mm -hmm. partners and existing partners? How many leads do you get via inbound and via outbound? What's the percentage, the ratio there? 
I mean, we're still we're still we're still a startup, of course, right? So currently, we have the luxury that that there wouldn't be a need for doing outbound. Why this is the case? Uh, because we have we have currently a full pipeline and trying to work this through. And uh, but of course, we are already preparing uh, the outbound strategy and how we wanna you know how we wanna. Um, acquire new prospects uh, for our company and uh, so at the moment at the moment they are kind of um, I would say on average something like four five-ish uh, leads coming in uh, per week uh, which is great sometimes these are of course affiliates of, uh, of, of companies we're already talking with and they internally had another meeting uh, to their to their subsidiaries and they heard about you know about the great innovative product we are we're offering they say hey we're also looking to talent management so let's have a talk but we are you know deciding aut autonomously so there is no need to go via our parents and uh yeah this this uh asset so at the moment kind of i would say fourish inbound leads and um what we are what we are rather doing we're making use of, of our network partners this could be of course our great investors we have and they have, of, of course, another great network that we are trying to leverage. Um, but also, as said, our existing partners, and these could be uh, consultancies, these could be uh, some hidden champions who are also, you know, uh, smaller companies, but quite successful in what they're doing. Um, or, um, yeah, some, some related companies who are not uh, exactly doing the same like us, but, but you know, for instance, uh, uh, offering the content our clients need to to do re and upskilling, right? So these could be training partners, for instance, and yeah. So also trying, of course, to uh, to co-work with them together. Uh, as I used uh, I used to say, you know, it, it should be a win-win situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I understood correctly. Right now, you get a, you get quite some inbound um, leads, so you really work on that. And not doing that much outbound at the moment, and just and build up the partnerships. At the moment, this is this is uh, exactly correct. Yeah, at the moment, uh, we're not doing massive outbound uh, as we're getting enough, and we are, you know, we're still in the hiring phase. So, Patrick, if you know a well-talented uh, salespeople, uh, please convince them to reach out to me. Right. So we need we still need to hire. Um, <laughs> yep, a few. There, there, there we are competitors right now, Sasha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I thought I thought you say this. Uh, so, but this is the answer, right? So, we're still increasing the team size, which means we have, uh, of course, uh, due to the capacity and resources we have, uh, there at the moment we rather focus on those incoming uh, uh, leads and questions uh, first to answer them and to see, uh, you know, how to translate that into business rather than uh, acquiring new ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the bottleneck for you right now is people get more people hired. That's your bottleneck, I guess. It is, it is, and I think here's here here we have a kind of closing loop, right? So I remember at the beginning of our of our conversation, you just said like the sales job is not that attractive. I think it's um, I think the image is worse than the job is, right? So when you awesome. talk, the job is awesome. Yeah, sorry, it yeah. definitely it definitely is. So I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Uh, you know what the funny stuff is, right? So what is really sometimes almost weird, uh, people who are not dealing with sales, but seeing how your life is and uh, how you, you know, what you, 
uh, what you created already in your private life and what you, you know, and, and but also how your uh, work-life balance is a kind of, right? So they, they're kind of, may I say jealous? Are they really looking into it and like, well, I would also love to be a sales uh, man or, you know, a sales lady. And, uh, and I say, oh, but what is stopping you? Uh, no, I couldn't. I couldn't work with people. I can't. I can't convince people. I. I don't like negotiating, and uh, and then when you open the discussion and asking for this argumentation, why sometimes you identify that this is so well prepared and so well said uh, on 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 their side of argumentation that you say, but look, now you convinced me for you know i don't know I, I used to ask for hobbies right to see if somebody is passionate uh, so this is what i also do a while uh, a hiring interview right just to see you know the hobby you are you are doing you should love it otherwise you wouldn't do it because you are doing it in your free time and nobody did force you and uh, while somebody is describing why they're into riding horses painting pictures whatever right photography traveling the world and so and and when you say okay what is what is really so so what 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 is giving you the difference why are you following this hobby and when people then getting emotional and and really passionate and you feel this a kind of i call i used to call that fire this is what i love about sales people right so uh while you're describing something what you love do it emotionally do it i said authentic do it um do, do it that I get these these bumps and feel like wow this is really this is really amazing me and I would love to try uh, photography as well right so and uh, and sometimes I, 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 it's, I, so at, at the end of the day unfortunately it's it's rarely but sometimes I meet people who are saying I'm not for sales and afterwards uh, we identify to give it a try right because there are some good skills for it. Mm. Yeah, I like that. These are good closing words, Sasha. I'm going to repeat that because that's what I do as well uh, in the hiring process. I always ask if if there is something, a hobby they're really passionate or they have been passionate about in the past. And I think there is definitely a difference between people who, it doesn't matter what, you know, you can play guitar, you can ride horses, as you said, or, or whatever. But it's a very good sign if somebody has been really passionate about something, just at least something. And I'm not talking about watching Netflix. That doesn't count because <laughs> consumption is completely different to when you really do, when you really uh, create something or do something. Um, so that doesn't count. So, hey, Sasha, thanks a lot. That was a big pleasure um, to have you here. Thanks for sharing your, your story, your expertise. And I'm looking forward to see you soon another time. Thanks for being Thank here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Patrick. Thanks for having me here.